0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Coach's Corner. So I hope you listened to episode 43, Why You Haven't Found the One with Michael. It was such a great call, and I just acknowledge my goals, vulnerability, and courage, and it just really got me thinking about relationships and and dating and really relationships as a personal growth opportunity. So as I was thinking about who to have on for this week's Coach's Corner, I immediately thought of my new friend from Austin, John Howard. John is a relationship therapist and educator with over 15 years of experience helping people have awesome relationships. He helps singles find and develop great relationships and help couples stay on track. And enjoy their life together for the long term. John maintains a private practice in Austin, Texas, where he helps couples heal their wounds, reset course, and thrive, and helps singles date wisely. He is the founder and CEO of Ready Set Love, an online program that advances couples' skills, a connection, intimacy, and communication. John believes in relationship as a personal growth process and pulls from many different traditions. He's also a Cuban-American who grew up in New York City. He likes to play guitar, speaks three languages, maybe four, because he also speaks the language of love, and believes in the lost art of appreciating opposing perspectives. I think you'll really enjoy my talk with John, and please make sure to listen to the end because he has a special free gift that he gives away and developed just for listeners of Over It and On With It. Hey, John, or I guess I should say howdy because you're a friend of mine from Texas. Thank you so much for being on Coach's Corner.
1: Yeah, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for
0: the invitation. And in full disclosure to the listeners, we did a whole interview and something happened with my recording equipment. And John is just such a wonderful, giving, generous (laughs) guy that he... Is doing the interview all over again, so second time's a charm. Um, it's John, always fun
1: when weird stuff happens. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. I love the attitude. I love, and hey, that's a great approach to take into relationships. You know, you got it. You got to keep trying. Weird stuff happens, and you're the perfect person to talk about this this wacky world of romantic relationships. That such an important part of our life, and also a challenging part of our life. And I know that you've been an expert in this field and a therapist working with couples and individuals on relationships for over a decade. And so I'll, I'll just start with a nice and easy question for you. In in your work, what do you see as the the most common challenge, the people the thing that people have the biggest problem with in romantic relationships? And how do we overcome it?
1: Great question, Christine. Um, Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate and admire your work. Um, The biggest problem, okay. I think the biggest problem couples have, that I see, is they have no idea what to do with their differences. Um, And it's not our fault that we're not very good at that. Um, You know, keep in mind, it's not like we get any training in this stuff. Um, So we get into relationships and we're somehow expected to do it well. But, you know, we're all different people. We have different ideas. We see the world differently. We have different ways of processing emotion and moving into action. You know, at first, these differences can be attractive. Uh, People often choose partners that have complementary qualities. But what happens when a relationship deepens, and especially when you move in and start to live with someone and really share life with them, is that these differences can be annoying and irritating because they can get in the way of how we're used to living life when we're just on our own and we can do whatever we want, how we want. Um, so the biggest issue I see is that partners just don't know what to do with these differences, or I should say they don't know how to do anything productively with these differences. So these, these are the areas that we typically uh, get into arguments around and that cause negative feelings and that make us feel You know, misunderstood or that uh, fulfillment is kind of hopeless. And this is where we start to feel the dream of our relationship fading away is because we can't surmount these differences. And so, in my work, I really like to help couples understand that deepening a relationship comes with some of that irritation and friction. And you have to learn how to manage these differences so that they become assets again, so that instead of feeling like they disconnect you, they actually become opportunities to deepen your love and connection.
0: Can you give an example of that? Like maybe from a couple that you've worked with or a common example that you see? Um,
1: okay. So, you know, this is a fairly classic example. So the, this is a male-female relationship and they've been married about seven years. They have two small kids. Uh, and the man in this case is more analytical, uh, logical. Uh, he's an engineer, no surprise. Um, and she is a little more emotionally oriented. Um, she's very comfortable expressing emotion and expressing, you know, herself in terms of what she needs and he's less comfortable. So, you know, we were having a conversation about what happens at home. So what happens when his kids are being kids is that it makes him anxious, right? And, and when he gets anxious, he gets controlling, uh, and he tries to impose more structure and dominate and, You know, of course, his partner gets very uncomfortable because she doesn't like those qualities in him anyways. Uh, But especially when they happen around the kids, it's a problem. So, you know, we were having this conversation of, okay, you guys have a personality difference, you know, big deal, you know. And in the beginning, it was probably an attractive personality difference, right? He really likes to just go out and make stuff happen and solve problems and she loves the flexibility that comes with him being really good at that and she liked that he was structured and had a you know clean sense of purpose and um so in at the beginning he really liked that she was more emotional and fuzzier and more dramatic and so but under the conditions of life these things can become irritating so we had to have a conversation about you know first of all you guys have a difference here. So that needs to be acknowledged and accounted for. Uh, Second of all, right now, the difference is irritating because you would each prefer that the other was a little bit more like you. But the whole point of relationship is to deepen love and to deepen connection and to experience the ecstasy that comes from really being known and loved and understood and offering that to another person. So I said to them, you know, this very thing that right now is disconnecting you is also the very thing that has the opportunity to really deepen your love. If you can wrap your arms around this difference and turn it into an asset. So what that did was, first of all, it reframed the conversation, right? Instead of this now being a problem in their lives, that's a sign of incompatibility and it's never going to get better. uh, Now they're understanding that no friction and differences is part of the arc. Of deepening intimacy and when you hit that turbulence if you can approach it as a team with the goal of finding ways to deepen your love for each other those same friction points actually create a tremendous opportunity to understand each other better so in this case she needed to understand that he had a lot of anxiety and of course this was not something he was talking much about you know he would come home and he would be stoic he'd be carrying a lot of stress but he would pretend like everything was fine, and so it would come out on the edges. So as they broke down this friction point as a team, you know, she was able to learn that actually her guy was dealing with a pretty high level of anxiety around the kids. And that he was trying his best to deal with it, but the only thing he knew to do was to impose more structure on the situation. He was able to open up a little bit about that. He was able to understand how alienated she feels when he goes into that mode, and we were able to practice. And I think this is the most important piece um, that's often missing from our relationship improvement process is we needed to practice a lot. It's really not enough to just understand what would be helpful or to even talk about it. We need to do what we do when we learn to play an instrument, like the piano, right? Where we sit down and we play the same thing over and over again, like, you know, 20 times, 40 times, because we know it's ha- everything's happening too quickly, so we can't think about every note, right? It has to be built into our muscle memory. Well, relationships are exactly the same way. Everything is happening too fast. Uh, we need to have automatic muscle memory, what we call procedural memory, that's oriented around healthy relational habits. Otherwise, everything breaks down and we do the wrong thing, we say the wrong thing. So in this example, once they understood what the problem was from a different perspective, we were then able to train, right? We were able to practice. Uh, He was able to practice several times what it's like to be more vulnerable with her, what it's like to open up to his family that he's stressed and he has anxiety. He was able to practice what it's like to help her feel more emotionally connected while he's sharing what he needs, you know, instead of just imposing structure. And she was able to practice helping him and doing things that actually feel supportive to him rather than critical. So, you know, she practiced what it's like to offer him, you know, uh, something that makes him feel supported, that maybe maybe gives him some relief from the family gives him uh you know something to focus on that's a little bit uh you know more structured and it was awesome to see them working together and practicing because you could see okay now they're starting to get the hang of it that practice is key because when they go home it's like they've already done it a bunch of times and the next time they're in that situation that muscle memory is going to come back to them
0: I love that. I love this example and I think it's very common. I mean, I think it, that a lot of women are more emotionally based and a lot of men are, are more logical, rational. And of course, that's a, a sweeping generalization, but I think, uh, I've seen it a lot. Um, and what, what I'm really hearing in everything you're saying is relationships do take work. So does everything. You can't go to the gym once and have an amazing workout and then expect to continue to, to keep your muscle memory. And I, that's one of the, I think, misunderstandings about this whole kind of soulmate thing that once you find that one magical person it's easy and it's its always like it is in the beginning and but what it is is it's two humans who are growing and changing and have their personality and their belief systems that come into it and I think romantic relationship is one of the best growth vehicles we have out there and if we can really not take it personally, you know, things our partner is doing or not doing and realize that any relationship does require compromise and does require learning new tools. We can't, we can't be who we were single in relationship. You know, we have, there's, there's an adjustment and a learning that takes place. So I love, I love what you're saying. And it kind of reminds me, I was um, at my friend's wedding this weekend, um, Alexi Panos and, and Preston Smiles, who a lot of people listening know. Yeah, and, um Uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith, who runs Agape and is the founder of Agape Spiritual Center here in Los Angeles, married them, and he said something that I loved, and I also often say something similar, which is you know, marriage isn't about two people getting on a two-person bike or even just relationship isn't about that. It's really about two people on their own bike headed in the same direction. So I'd love you to speak a little bit about that, about how important it is to feel like that whole incompleteness in ourself um, and not look to somebody else to be, quote unquote, the one that completes us. You know, that was something that I talked about with Michael. He kept looking for this one person to be the magical person that, you know, would fix all his issues with his mother.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that piece of work you did with Michael. It was really powerful. You know, you and I, Christine, are spiritual people. And so I think in probably much of your audiences as well. So I think you can appreciate that, you know, sometimes we feel like as human beings on the planet, there's, there's a purpose to being alive. There's a purpose to having consciousness and existing. And maybe part of that or a significant part of that is just growing as a human being, right? Is becoming more flexible and resilient and wise and um, emotionally savvy and able to connect and give love and receive love and so on. So if we use the, the bike metaphor from the wedding, each person is on an individual spiritual journey, right? Each person is born into the world, typically not alongside their partner, right? Or, you know, we're born into the world as an individual. Uh, We have an individual psyche, an individual soul, if you believe in that. And we start to develop an internal experience of what it means to be alive that's individual to us. So whatever those hopes and dreams and aspirations are, and some people, you know, then refer to spirituality as something that's important to them. um, It's a very rich individual uh, source of meaning for us, how we interpret all of that. So when we get into relationship, which by the way is optional, right? I mean, we have to have some pretty good reasons for getting into relationship. We shouldn't just do it because um, it's got to really add something to our lives. So when we get into relationship, we have to respect the fact that two people are on this spiritual journey, or at the very least, they're framing their sense of meaning and purpose uh, to some extent individually. And you have to give that a lot of respect. Uh, But at the same time, if you operate too much as individuals, you're going to struggle at the primary task of relationship. Now, not everybody might agree with me on this, but I think of the primary task of relationship as a spiritual growth exercise as well. Meaning to say that the extent to which you let somebody in and the extent to which you give and open and share right, is exactly the same process we're engaged in in terms of our individual growth. And so if you're uncomfortable with intimacy or if you're uncomfortable merging with something greater than yourself, then all of those friction points are essentially limitations, right? The the beautiful task of relationship is the same as the spiritual growth process. It's can, can I merge with something outside of myself, with something greater than myself? Can I live for something greater than just me, right? Which is maybe a family or a combination or whatever two people are creating together. While not losing my individual sense of purpose, my spiritual identity, um, you know my needs, my authenticity, and so on, and a lot of the problems in relationship, as you know, um, happen because people are on one extreme end of that spectrum they 're either uncomfortable with intimacy and they 're not allowing themselves to bond and merge and those people are annoying to be in relationship with because they don 't let you in very much. Or people are on the opposite end and they're trying to merge in every single way possible and they don't have a cohesive sense of self. You know, everything is reliant on the other person and that becomes annoying and that becomes a burden. So the skill is really walking that middle road of independence and authenticity plus a deep comfort level with intimacy and sharing.
0: I love that and I completely agree that relationships it's not just about I often say it's not about registering a crate and barrel and having 2.5 kids. It's it's really about the the spiritual growth and the learning that can happen. So this is such great great rich content. Um curious about advice you have for people who are looking for quote-unquote the one and let's say that partner that side-by-side partner to have the growth with and they they're having trouble finding that person or they keep kind of dating the same person and getting similar results like Michael in the podcast episode was was experiencing what advice do you have for people that aren't currently in a relationship but would love to be in one
1: So great question. So with my single clients, uh, I use a four-step process. I've been using it for years. Uh, It's an adaptation of some psychological models of dating and so on, but I thought they were a little outdated and needed some refreshing with some of the new science and so on. And so I've developed a four-step process, which begins with how well do you know yourself? Based on that, do you know what kind of a partnership is fulfilling to you day in and day out? Are you aware, and I've seen you talk about this as well, Christine, are you aware of your limiting beliefs that can prevent the right relationship from happening in your life? And then do you have a practical strategic plan for making the right relationship happen? So if we just take uh, the second step, which is um, how is it that you're going about looking for uh, somebody? Well, obviously, first of all, you have to know yourself. You have to know what you bring to the table. You have to know what's important to you. And I encourage my clients to write down three absolute deal breakers. Uh, these are things that any one of them missing would cause them to not feel fulfilled. And these, these can be things like you know being treated with respect or having a close emotional bond with someone or having trust, or a compatible lifestyle, things like that. Uh, Now, once people have an idea of what's fulfilling to them, then I encourage them to identify organizations, uh, charity groups, communities, that sort of pre-filter for that demographic. Because what a lot of people are doing is they're dating in a very scattershot fashion, or they're dating online as a primary strategy, and there's way too much noise in the system. It's really hard to filter down um and so I really like the idea of first getting clear and second narrowing your dating pool by putting yourself in the right situations with the right people that already pre filter for that demographic.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. It's being really intentional and being intentional about the kind of partner you want to be as well, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, this this is all such good, amazing content, and I know that you put together something special for listeners for over and on with it. Will you tell people what, what that is and where people can go to find that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I was listening to your coaching call with Michael, uh, there were four things that really stood out to me that I wanted to highlight for your audience. And these are concepts that, if you're in a relationship, will help to deepen your relationship. And if you're looking for the right relationship, will help you organize your, your thinking and your actions in a way that leads in that direction. Uh, and some of these were things you worked with Michael on, and some were things were just things that stood out to me. But if you go to my website, which is readysetlove.com, and you go to readysetlove.com slash hassler, uh, I have some unique things there just for your audience Uh, I wrote together just a little three-page sort of guide on these concepts, you know, thoughts that I had while listening to it that I think would be helpful to people. So you can get that absolutely free if you go there. Uh, And I have a couple other goodies as well for your audience.
0: Mm, Thank you so much. That's just so amazing. How lucky are we? (laughs) And where do people find you? I know that you do a lot of things, tell people about how they can learn from you, how they can connect with you.
1: Yeah, so in Austin, Texas, I have uh, my private therapy practice where I see clients in person. But readysetlove.com is our online platform that I created to really support couples to build an awesome rock star relationship. Again, I'm keenly aware from my own life experience of being miserable at relationships and really bad at connecting that people need training, they need practice, they need support. We can't just expect ourselves to do it well. So for all you couples out there that you know, want to take your relationship to the next level, uh, you can find me at readysetlove.com and just sign up for our online community there. We have videos, articles, monthly calls. We have a Facebook group. We're rolling in the coaching. And I'm just trying to really support couples and having awesome lives together.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you so much for, um, putting something special together for our audience and just helping people really use relationship as as a way to grow.